The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome inside another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. I am, once again, the namesake. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you for making this a part of your routine once again. I want to talk about this week when it comes to high school football. How about Williamstown absolutely destroying Parkersburg Catholic? I think they were trying to prove a point with that one. They defeated Parkersburg Catholic 48-6 to this week. Catholic had four turnovers on seven first-half possessions. They trailed 28 to nothing at the half. And by the fourth quarter, the game was out of hand to the point where the clock ran. I think Williamstown has had a bit of a chip on their shoulder ever since the very beginning of the season. They lost to Wheeling Central in what was a bit of an embarrassing outcome for Williamstown. And in a rare case for Williamstown, they just weren't ready to play the game. They weren't ready to play a team that was the best team in the state and is the best team in the state. But since then, it's almost like they've been on the warpath trying to prove the doubters wrong. And there were many doubters after that Wheeling Central game. And how you have this is in high school football, a lot of times people don't watch teams play. They hear things and they compare scores. And that's why people get one idea that one team is better than others or that one team is good when maybe they're not as good. But you looked at Williamson on the field that night and they were a team that was a couple plays away in that game. They weren't quite there yet, but they were getting there, and that was a team that you knew was going to win a few games at some point this season, but they looked impressive after that, the problems that they had in that game were fixed, and we've seen the results ever since. This is an offense that's clicking on all cylinders. Donathan Taylor busted off three touchdown runs in the game for Williamstown. They got a big effort from Ty Moore last week, and he came through with a touchdown this week. Carter Haynes found a couple of his favorite targets for touchdowns. He connected with Eric Brown for touchdown pass, Nick Bondi, Mason Deem. This Williamstown offense is unstoppable right now. I wouldn't want to play them if I was anybody else. They racked up 439 yards total offense and absolutely dominated Parkersburg Catholic in this game from the sounds of it. They will have an interesting matchup this week with Doddridge County. Another unbeaten. And I think really these two games back-to-back kind of go to show you the crux of what Williamstown seems to be frustrated about. They seem to be a little frustrated about the fact that for all the attention we give to the great story that Catholic is, and they are a great story, don't get me wrong, and for all the attention that Doddridge County manages to yield because they've got Hunter America, great player, and they're undefeated. They're deserving right now of being the third best team in the state because no one's proven otherwise. I think Williamstown at 8-1 and one is better than either of those two teams and they at least proved it against Catholic last week. They'll have a chance to prove it against Doddridge and have a chance to get a boatload of playoff points in the process. They have been playing with a chip on their shoulder because of the fact that so much attention has been paid to those other two schools, and I like that a lot. I like this team playing hard and fierce and with that chip on their shoulder. But again, actions speak louder than words. They show those actions on Friday against Parkersburg Catholic, and we'll see if they show those actions again against Doddridge County on Friday this week. For Parkersburg Catholic, you lick your wounds, and you go on. We'll see how they respond. They've got Hannah next week, and they're off before the playoffs. They've definitely clinched a spot in the playoffs, but we'll see what happens. It's a veteran team, all be a team that's low in numbers, but this is when those captains need to step up and earn that title. This is when the captains need to be the ones in that locker room, in school, when they see their teammates, and wherever else they see them and pick them up and say, hey, this is our time to shake this off, and and we can go do this, and we can go do some big things. Right now, maybe they're not good enough to take down Williamstown, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some big things on the horizon for this team. I think eight wins, already an accomplishment for the Crusaders. I think a playoff spot, already a big accomplishment, given that they were 0-8 last year. So while it is a fantastic story, they're not quite on Williamstown's level yet. They know that. They should know that right now. And everyone else knows that right now. But that doesn't mean there aren't good things on the horizon for this club. 
Parkersburg South won their fifth straight. They went on the road and they picked up lots of big plays and a 21-point third quarter to down Greenbrier East. So they move on to a matchup with Wheeling Park. It's a huge game Friday at the Erickson All Sports Facility. South is up to number five in the AAA Metro News Power Rankings this week, and they're getting attention from a lot of places in the state. You keep looking at their games, you look at their box scores, you see big plays. It's not a fluke. This team can make big plays and score on big plays. They make defensive plays, and they get contributions from the special teams. There's not much more you can ask of them. This is a South team that is as good as many in the state, better than most in the state, and possibly quite as good as PHS. PHS has a lot of good individual talent. We're going to see that play out on the field here in a week or two, but first, South has to get past this Wheeling Park game, but they weren't projected in the preseason to be as good as PHS, but I would say they're there now, and they're certainly in the conversation to be one of the better teams in the state. They've clinched a playoff spot. They can lock up a top eight spot with a win on Friday. But a lot of people want to compare scores with Parkersburg South. A lot of people want to look at the university game at the beginning of this season and say, why did they only put up seven points against university? For one, they turned the ball over twice inside the five-yard line in that game and pretty much survived one of those. People look at a schedule and they forget that that's the progression of a team over the course of a season. People forget that that result from week one does not represent the same team they're seeing in week eight or nine. Look at how many teams that's true for. We didn't expect as much from Parkersburg Catholic as we've had from them this year, and they've put together a nice season. A lot of people didn't expect much out of Williamson after the way they played against Wheeling Central in Week 1. They've basically made it a crusade to try to take down everybody in their path this year. And Parkersburg South's another team that a lot of people slept on because they had low numbers and they had some players that didn't come out that could have been key contributors. And who knows, maybe it was addition by subtraction, honestly. Because now you make sure the people you have are the committed ones, and they have bought into the cause, bought into what this team is all about, and they are ready to help the Patriots try to take down Wheeling Park and move their way along in the Class AAA standings, but I want to go back to 2014 for Parkersburg South, and this is why you can't look too far ahead, you can't look too far down your schedule. In 2014, South was 6-2 and with a veteran squad and a confident squad, and at this point of Week 10, back in 2014, there were people talking about South maybe hosting a playoff game. Well, what happened was, they blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead to Wheeling Park, and then they were upset by a PHS team at Stadium Field the following week that they had no business losing to. The PHS team actually won on a last-second field goal and then leapfrogged South to get into the playoffs. So that put South at 16 and sent them on the road to Capital, and they were blasted by a much better Capital team. And meanwhile, it sent PHS to Capital Midland in a game that they were in for a long time as a two-seed. They almost pulled the upset over the Capital Midland Knights. So if you're South, even though there are just days left in the regular season, you cannot get complacent, you cannot rest on your laurels, and you cannot assume that you're going to host any anything or do anything because there is still work to be done and I think Mike Eddy's getting that message out there in the locker room now. Magnolia was impressive defensively and one of the better efforts this week in the area and one that maybe not a lot of people paid attention to. It's a really good Tyler Consolidated team that they went up against and they led 20-7 to at the half on the way to a 37-13 win over the Silver Knights. It's a really good rushing team in Tyler Consolidated but they limited them to just 13 points. Tyler Consolidated did rack up their rushing yards, 269 of them, but Griffin Phillips to a pair of interceptions. Patrick Morandi threw for two touchdowns, added a field goal, ran for another score. Magnolia got scores from Matt Geyser and Gage Adams. 
Two of them from Adams. Mickey Hamrick also scored. So the Blue Eagles put the offense together, but as I said, the defense definitely the most impressive thing out of that game because that's a good rushing attack for Tyler Consolidated, and to hold them to 13 points was maybe the most impressive feat they have achieved this season. So Magnolia now at 6-3. and three. That was, you have to say, almost a must-win. They have a week off this week before they play Wheeling Central next week, and they're the best team in the state, and you certainly don't want to have your playoff hopes resting on a win or a possible win against Wheeling Central. So that was good on the Blue Eagles to get that win, then see what they can do against Wheeling Central in a couple weeks. But for the Silver Knights, that puts a lot of pressure on Tyler Consolidated. Though their schedule is not as difficult the rest of the way, racking up the points is going to be the most difficult thing the Silver Knights have to do. And finally, some big bounce-back wins for St. Mary's and Ritchie County. Ritchie County knocked off Wart County 36-12 after they lost on the road to Webster County last week. They got three touchdown runs from Zach Klein, two from Garrett Owens. Ritchie's defense also pitched a shutout in the second half. The good news for the Rebels, they got Trey Moss back. He carried 11 times for 38 yards, easing him back into the lineup because Zach Klein had a big game, 20 carries under 58 yards in those three scores. And that's what makes Ritchie County's plethora of backfield options so palatable for the Rebels. You can afford to ease somebody like Trey Moss back into the lineup and get him a few carries and limited use just to get him back into the flow of things because you've got the talented backs the rest of the way that will carry you. So you have to like Ritchie County's depth. They come in at 5-3 and three with two games left. Gilmer County and Calhoun County should be wins for the Rebels, but they're going to need some help from everyone else in the playoff field. St. Mary's got a win against South Harrison. They pulled one out late 29-20. St. Mary's did it on the strength of 21 points in the fourth quarter. We're down 20-8 going into the fourth. Then Anthony Wentz connected with a 40-yard pass from William Steele. Isaac Snodgrass had a five-yard touchdown run and then another five-yard run to follow. The first run gave St. Mary's the lead. The second one added to the lead. St. Mary's goes to 3-5, and five, still not mathematically eliminated from postseason competition yet, but needing a ton of help. They're going to go face Ravenswood on Friday on senior night at Bill Hanlon Stadium. Ravenswood has really struggled this season. After winning their first two, I think a lot was expected of the Red Devils, and they just did not live up to those expectations. But either way, good bounce-back wins for both of those programs. I asked you on Facebook what some of your favorite things about last weekend's football happened to be. Thomas Johnson writes in and says it set up a great showdown in West Union for Friday night. Talking about that williamstown Dobbers County matchup, he says he believes it'll be a packed house of fans from all around the area. I think so too, Thomas. I think you'll get a lot of Williamstown folks, a lot of Dobbers County folks there, and folks that maybe are neutral fans or maybe have teams that are on buys or are just curious about a big game. I think that's going to get a larger crowd than expected. And you probably should go early if you're going to go. Officials of Doddridge County Schools have issued a parking advisory for the game. Doddridge County Schools provide a shuttle bus service between the middle school and elementary school parking lot and Klein Stansbury Stadium for this week's game against Williamstown. Parking at the football field is further limited there due to construction on the West Union Town Park adjacent to the stadium. The shuttle will run from 5.30 p.m. until about 7.15 p.m. and again Again, from five minutes left in the fourth quarter until 45 minutes after the game, the shuttle will be free. So if you know you're going to be there for a little while, the way to go is to go past Klein Stansbury Stadium and drive to the middle school and elementary school site, park there, and then ride the shuttle to the football field. But go early if you're going to go to that Doddridge County Williamstown game and then take the shuttle at the elementary middle school and ride to Klein Stansbury Stadium. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Thomas, and gave us a chance to share that little nugget. Craig Dutton says River lost to Lucas on Saturday and they lost 
lost big, and that sets up a big situation. A lot of things have to happen if River wants to clinch a playoff spot. So basically between River and Tyler Consolidated, Craig might have some time on his hands in weeks 11 and 12. Magnolia pretty much sealed up a playoff spot. Craig continues the convincing win over Tyler Consolidated. A big performance, he says, by senior tailback Gage Adams behind a strong offensive line. He says they should be fun to watch when starting tailback Jason Beisel becomes healthy. And they may need to watch out for Magnolia. It could be a dangerous low seat in the Class A playoffs. I've been saying that for a few weeks, that Class A especially always seems to be a class where you've got teams that get in in low seeds that maybe had some struggles early in the season, some injuries they were working through, and they have better teams than the records would indicate. And Magnolia might be that wolf in sheep's clothing this year in the Class A bracket. Craig says Ritchie County needs to win out to seal up a final playoff spot. Bonus points are going to be hard to come by for them, and should Tyler Consolidated win out in either Ritchie Webster or Summer's fault, the Knights could take up a final playoff spot. A lot of football left, and again, Ritchie County should win out. Tyler Consolidated could win out because they got St. Mary's in Week 11. That'll be a little difficult for the Silver Knights, but they're both going to need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. Brian Darty reminds us about the Class AA races. Says Summers County seems to have shaken them all up their cleats in the first three losses in a row. They've won five in a row to put themselves back in playoff contention, and they got a diverse offense. They can run the ball, they can throw, they can rush the passer. And then he and Craig had a conversation about Summers County's chances of making it. Brian says Summers County's schedule is full of Class AA teams. That helps their strength of schedule. Two of the three losses were to Pineview and Shady Springs, and the other to Mount View, which is up there in Class A. And Craig says they should be in at about 6-4, and 7-3. and three. will be big because Summers has a big matchup against Fayetteville this weekend. So, again, want to thank Brian Darty, want to thank Craig Dutton and Thomas Johnson for writing in and sharing their thoughts about last week's high school football with us. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at last week's poll question. What's the biggest thing you need to have at this point of the season to make a playoff run? Do you need to have luck or do you need to have health? We asked the question, I got 20 votes, 95% of you said health, 5% of you said luck. I like Donald Butcher's answer, staying healthy is purely based off luck. I kind of sort of agree with that, Donald. I will say health is a part of luck, and if you get health, that is part of going along with luck. But I really think, and I would like to see this more in high school football, it's one of the bigger things I'd like to see more of. All these weight training programs seem like they want to make stronger players and build bigger athletes. I really wish that there was more emphasis at the high school program on weightlifting and weight training to prevent injuries. You don't see that so much in high school football as you do in professional sports, but it's especially true in professional sports. But again, I think largely you're right, Donald. I think staying healthy is purely based off of luck. And I even admitted so much when I talked about this last week on the podcast that health was something you could incorporate with luck. But when I think of luck, I think of things like good weather that is conducive to running the type of offense that you want to run, good officiating, because sometimes teams get into tight games and unfortunately officials make mistakes and that costs good teams late in games. It's an aspect of sports we don't like to think about or talk about, but it does happen. And mistakes from your Some teams get more than others. Some teams don't get those. Some teams get them and take advantage of them, and that's how they make upsets, and that's how they win big games. So, again, I think you do need health at this point of the season because if you're outmanned and if there are a lot of people that you don't have that you need to win, you're not going to go very far. But luck certainly encapsulates health and a number of other things. So I want to thank all of you for voting in that poll. A reminder as we wind down the season that teams with poor records still work hard and need your support. So if you're a fan of a team that's 1-7 or 1-8 or 2-7 or uh, whatever the team's subpar record happens to be if you're sub-500, 
and you'd been going to all the games, and now you're you're like, eh, I don't know. I encourage you to go ahead and, and, and finish out the season with that team. Go to that one game, bundle up, sit there through the cold weather. The kids and their parents are going to appreciate your presence there. The kids and the parents are going to appreciate that a crowd was there cheering for their student-athletes, win or lose. I think you look like a better fan when you do that. It's one thing if you don't want to watch the Steelers, or if you don't want to watch your favorite baseball team, or if you don't want to watch the Mountaineers, if things aren't going well and you tune them off, you're sitting in your home and you make that choice. No one's going to notice that decision. But when you don't come to the game and when a lot of people don't come to the games, the kids and the parents and the program and the school starts to notice that decision. So if you were supporting the school in good times, support them in bad times. I encourage you that that's when they need it the most is when things are going bad to help them turn it around. Continue to do the things to support the athletic programs that you would have done when things are good. You'll be viewed kindly as a fan in good times and bad because the phrase fairweather fan really does ring true more so in high school football, I think, than in a lot of other levels. And another reminder, if you're running for office this campaign season, and if you're campaigning at a high school football game, be mindful and be respectful to those who don't want to hear your campaign talk and who want a respite from what you're doing. There are a lot of people who are going to the polls. I think everybody should go to the polls. I think voting is a good thing. It is what gives us a choice in our local leaders. People get disillusioned at the national scene, but hey, there are Board of Education, County Commission roles up for grabs, and these are people and these are jobs that directly impact what you do. So not to get on a rant there, but I think people should vote and make their voice heard because a lot of those races are decided by single digits or just tens of votes. But either way, be respectful to those if you're campaigning that don't want to hear what you have to say and are just stressed out with a season and they're coming to a high school football game for a respite. But also be respectful to those that are working at high school football games. Here's an incident and I'll play you this clip. I had this incident happen to me on the air during the Parkersburg South Greenbrier East game last week. Senate candidate and Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, a guy who's usually good with the media, just decided to walk up to the broadcast and approach Garrett Furr, my partner and I, mid-game, mid-scoring play, mid-scoring sequence. Listen to how this played out. Well, Patrick Morrissey's at this game, by the way. He's just walking up the oh, yeah. stairwell campaigning, shaking some hands. Balls at the 28. That's where those scrimmage passes. Caught at the 45-yard line. Greenbrier East is going to take this in for a long touchdown run. Kyle King finds Colby Piner after Blake McMullen went for the interception near midfield. He left for the ball, missed the ball. Piner hauls it in at the 45 and takes it the rest of the way for a Greenbrier East score. We'll finish the political talk here in just a few moments. <laughs> it's 48-12 to 12 as Parkersburg South has the lead on Greenbrier East. Colby Piner is going to have a touchdown catch. How are you doing? Patrick Morrissey came by. Yeah, Patrick Morrissey, you probably heard him. Patrick Morrissey stopped by the booth here. <laughs> the Attorney General, Republican candidate for United States Senate. We'll see a two-point conversion try. They're shaking hands and kissing babies. <laughs> is that the old saying? I didn't see him kiss you or me. <laughs> Yes, that is Senate candidate Patrick Morrissey at about the 40-second mark of that clip. He walks right up to the booth just after Greenbrier East touchdown has been scored. And I got to go back and say that's not my best call ever, maybe one of my worst calls in a while, because I'm distracted at the sight of a U.S. Senate candidate walking up the stairwell looking like he's going to come and talk to our broadcast and come on our broadcast. So I'm distracted by that. I blanked out on the receiver's name, Colby Piner, Greenbrier East's best player. Blanked out on his name. I have to backfill the call. And then as I'm in the middle of 
doing that, he walks up to the booth as we're on the air and describing a football game. I think it's rude in general when people walk up to you when you're on the air because you have headphones on, you're not listening to them, you're not someone who is in a position to be approached, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves in radio because everything about your body language, you're talking, you've got headphones on, that means don't approach me, but still people do it, and it just never ceases to amaze me. But he had aides there. If someone had passed me a note that said he wanted to say hi, I probably would have let him do it. Truth be told, we had a field mic there I could have given him. He wouldn't even had it enter the booth. It would have been no problem. And as long as he would have kept the campaign shtick to a minimum, that would have been an acceptable thing to me because he's a candidate. He's a noteworthy figure. And if he wanted to come in and say hi on the broadcast, fine, fair enough, you know, whatever. But to approach somebody on the air like that, I thought that was a little bit ridiculous and disrespectful. But that's just me. So don't be a tool. Don't go up and try to approach people who don't want to be approached to hear about your campaign. Don't approach people who are there for a respite from everything else that's going on in life. Just live and let live and let people enjoy high school football. Let's take a look at our games of the week here on the High School Football Podcast. Wheeling Park and Parkersburg South have six and two teams. Mirrors the situation from 2014. South was six and two in week 10. Lost a 10-point lead to Wheeling Park. They were talking about hosting a home game. They lost that 10-point lead, lost the game, and eventually lost to PHS the following week. PHS got in over them at 15. South got in against Capital as a 16 seed and was blasted by Capital. That's the last time South's been in the playoffs, too. So Parkersburg South looking to prevent a repeat of that one. PHS and Huntington should be a big game against and those two teams badly need to win. Huntington looking to snap a two-game losing skid. PHS has won four straight. Frontier taking on River. Always a big matchup when those two schools get involved. And Williamstown and Doddridge. A pair of eight-win teams. Williamstown 8-1. and one, Doddridge at 8-0. and oh, A big showdown in West Union. Our games of the week on Light Rock 93R. We have St. Mary's and Ravenswood on Senior Night in St. Mary's. B96.9 has that Parkersburg South Wheeling Park game. And WXCR has Valley and Tyler Consolidated in a must-win for Tyler Consolidated. Our coverage on all three stations begins at 6 p.m. with Countdown to Kickoff. Don't don't forget, you can download us and subscribe to us on iTunes, listen to us on SoundCloud every week, and thank you for your continued support. I am Eric Little. We thank you for joining the Eric Little High School Football Podcast and interacting with us once again this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. And until then, enjoy the games, everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.